Finally got sick. First time since getting this new job that I've gotten sick. When you get sick, you can't stop telling people you're sick. I generally keep it to myself, but sometimes you just gotta, I mean, it's important information, to be fair. It's very important information. If anybody expects anything of you, that's, that's when I tell people I'm sick. It's like one, if you're close to somebody, it comes up, oh, I'm sick right now, you know, I'm sick. Uh, but the other time is just when, if it's somebody who expects anything of you, you kind of got to tell them I'm sick. When I was younger, I used to, I think I've talked about this before, but when I was younger, I would call out work to sit when I was, I would call out to work saying I was sick when I wasn't sick. I would get out of plans by saying I was sick when I wasn't sick. I try not to do that anymore. And it's funny because it's a lie and everything. It's meant to... It, it's meant, it, you're basically you're just saying, I don't want to do this. And it's meant to be a gentler way of saying that. But everybody has a natural skepticism when you do say it. I mean, most of the time when someone says, oh, I can't come into work, I'm sick. Like, as, as an employer, when someone who works for me texts me in the morning and says they're sick, I'm generally very skeptical. There's only a couple people who, when they say they're sick, I actually believe them. And even, even then, a little bit, I question it. Because I know how many times I've lied about that in my life. And I just know that people do it. We've all done it. Because we've all done it, we, can't, we expect other people to do it. But I try not to do that anymore. I mean, I, I don't really... Uh, I don't make enough plans these days to break plans. And I can't think of any specific instances right now, but generally, I just say, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I can't make it. And people want to know why. Why? None of your business. <laughs> hurts to laugh right now because I'm sick. My lungs hurt. But no, it's none of your business. People get really inquisitive sometimes when you say you can't do something. But, uh, I don't know, people come up with elaborate excuses. I mean, I'll just say, you know, something came up. Keep it vague. Oh, I'm not able to go. But I try not to stay sick. I feel like there's something, I don't know, I feel like it harms you in some way when you lie about being sick. Like, I'm at a point in my life where I, I don't take days off work, even when I am sick. But I don't take days off work and claim to be sick. I'd lie about something else before I'd lie about that. I just, I think it harms you to say I'm sick when you're not. Because I know that even when I used to do that at past jobs, when I'd call out sick, I would spend the whole day thinking like, oh, I'm not acting like a sick person. Even though the whole thing was a ruse, just so I could stay home, I wasn't able to even enjoy the day. And then you worry, too, that somebody you work with is going to see you out and about. Nobody, that's never happened to me, but I've never been at the grocery store and, like, a co-worker saw me and is like, oh, I saw him today and he's not sick. But I've, I've literally heard people say that at work. Like, I remember there was a girl we work with and she called out one day and somebody texted 
a girl, another girl who worked with us and was like, oh, I saw her at the grocery store with a boyfriend and she didn't, look, she didn't look very sick to me, which is interesting. Like, this is something that I think women do more than men. I mean, I do it a little bit, I guess, but women do it more than men, which is they'll text their boyfriend like about like who called out sick that day. Like if they don't like a girl at work and she calls out sick or does something, they'll text their boyfriend being like, oh, she called out sick to work and I'm so mad. Because in this case, like obviously this girl had texted her boyfriend at some point that day to be like, oh, she called out today. And then he saw her at a grocery store and texted his girlfriend to let her know so that they could be mad. And I've realized this at this current job, too. Like, there was a, a thing where this one girl... I, I told her boyfriend he couldn't come hang out because it's like her fiancé or something, and she and uh, he would just come in and hang out. And I'm, I'm totally fine with people stopping by and hanging out for a little bit. Like, I don't mind if you stop by to say hi. I certainly don't mind if you take, like, breaks or lunches together. Although I, I always think it's kind of weird when someone's significant other like comes and has lunch with them every day or all the time. Because I realize like some people are just extremely codependent in that way. It's, it's very nice that you visit each other, but it's weird when people just can't separate at all. Um, but this one guy, he would just come and hang out. And finally, like, one day I was just, I had had it. Because I told him once, like, oh, if, you know, you can't hang out up at the counter here. And then there was another day where he was hanging out talking to people who should have been working. He was in the back of the store talking to, to people who should have been working. And I just, I walked by and I looked at him. And I said, you know, you're more than welcome to visit, but I really, I can't have you hanging out here this long talking to people who are on the clock. And he, he thinks of himself as a tough guy. And he, he, I, he was left speechless for a minute and he kind of squinted his eyes and just stared at me. And I could tell he wanted to say something or do something, but then he, he saw me, which it's like, if you stare into my eyes, you're, you're staring into just dead eyes. And uh, he just said, okay. But anyway, I found out like about a month, two months ago or so, like his girlfriend was texting him everything that was going on. And they'd form these group chats, like a bunch of the people who work for me had these group chats, but their significant others were in the group chats too, things like that. And like his girlfriend had texted him that these two other girls were goofing off too much and she was doing all the work, which is funny because this girl doesn't really do that much work. But And then her boyfriend texted the two other girls to be like, you're making my girlfriend do all the work. And then they got upset, like they cried and had to go home. I wasn't there that day. But they were so upset that this guy tried to tell him off because his girlfriend texted him. And I was just, I said to somebody else, I was like, I came back and heard what happened. And I, I was just like, oh, that, that's not going to happen again. But uh, I was saying to somebody else when I heard about that, and I was like, what kind of guy wants to go in and just hang out at his girlfriend's work all the time? I've never understood that. Like, I've got, like, I had a girlfriend who worked at a bakery. I'd stop by, she'd give me a croissant. I'd bring her a boba tea or something, and then I'd leave to say hi. Very nice. And I only did that a few times. But like, what kind of guy just goes to his girlfriend's work and just hangs out for long periods of time? 
and then and then is texting her coworkers because of things that his girlfriend texted him. It's just, what are you doing? But uh, anyway, this is all started because I was talking about like when I used to call out sick and like if I went out and did anything, I was always worried. I was like, oh, someone's going to see me and they're going to see that I'm not sick. Like we're always evaluating other people's health through the lens of truth. What they call health through the lens of truth. <laughs> it hurt, the only thing that hurts is to laugh. Um, so I got this, this has to be a really unfunny episode or else I'm going to be in pain. Uh, but uh, that's kind of what it is. It's like when someone says they're sick, we go like, oh, are, they, are they really? Because we know how much people lie about that. But I'm, I've gotten sick for the first time, and I, I was just saying how, like, you, you got to tell people, like, like I, I mentioned to a couple of my bosses, like, I, I didn't call out. Like, actually, I, I just finished my, la- my third 60-hour week in a row. I've done two in a row. I've worked a lot of 60-hour weeks at this job, which someone would say, oh, just 60? Only 60? You ever done a 90-hour week? You ever meditated? Oh, you meditated for an hour? You ever meditated for nine hours? You know, there's always, someone's always going to one-up you. But no, I've never really, I've never had a job that makes me work this much. And uh, doing three 60-hour weeks in a row, and I'm going to do another one next week. So it'll, it'll probably end up being like five weeks straight of 60-hour weeks just based on how unstable things have been my presence is really required right now and it's nice because i could use the you know that's overtime pay i'm not on salary so just a whole day of overtime every week on top of existing overtime but it's, it's not even about the money for me it's nice i mean i wouldn't be doing it if there if you know this wasn't to pay my bills and everything but it's just a necessity right now but um I guess just since I don't talk about work much, I mean, work has just been an absolute merry-go-round of people, a million dilemmas every day. I don't even know where I left off when I was still doing a work diary, basically, on here. Um, But uh, what's interesting about this job is, like, the, the chaos of running both a furniture store and a general liquidation store in one and just like the chaos of retail and managing two industries I've never been a part of, just trying to keep the place running to make the place successful. Like that's that's enough. That's that's more than a full time job as it is. But it does feel like every step of the way at this job has been to test my capacity. And fortunately, you know, I, I've taken up the challenge, and I'm like, oh, I think I'm at capacity, and I'm just. This is it. I've hit my wall. And then I quickly realize, oh, no, my capacity is much higher. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to see this out for the time being. But it seems like every step of the way, it's just obstacle after obstacle. And, people, you know, that's every job in some way. But this one in particular is just it's been like nothing I've ever experienced. And I mean, I, I could go over the last few months, the last six, I've been there six months, so I could go over the last six months in detail about all the obstacles, but that's not going to be very interesting. But, uh, you know, one of the most recent ones is a few weeks ago, our warehouse guy, who's he's the heartbeat of the store, he's just an amazing kid, 
my go-to guy for everything. He's truly irreplaceable. He was thinking about leaving because he was he was going to be taking like a two or three week vacation, and he was thinking about leaving. There's other stuff he wants to do with his life, but ultimately we decided like he's going to take a a vacation, two week vacation, and then he's going to come back. He just he's going to take some time off and then come back. And we trained this other guy. We we're like, okay, because this was a huge dilemma for me. I was like telling my boss, I'm like. You know, we need to figure out a plan here because, like, we can't lose this guy. Like, we can't go without a, a warehouse guy for one, but we can't lose this guy. Like, can we give him more money? Can we, um, if not, like, we need to get a job posting up for that position immediately. And then, but, you know, it was settled. We came up with a plan instead where he's going to take a little time off. We have this other guy who's been busting his ass and we're like, you know, he'd be a good, you know, fill in. So the week before the warehouse guy went on vacation, we had that guy just shadow him, help him out, do everything that he was doing. So at the very least, we have someone who can do the basics of his job. And so the warehouse guy goes on vacation. The next morning, I get a phone call from, I think it was an attorney or something, some sort of representative. And she's like, oh yeah, the guy, I'm calling on behalf of the guy who, let's just call him the guy who is going to fill in. And she's like, yeah, he ran into a legal situation last night, and he's going to be unavailable for two weeks. Um, meaning he, he was in jail. And then the guy's mom called me, and I was just like, I, I just got to know what he's in jail for. And she something to do with his baby mama. Uh, from what I've gathered, it's some combination of maybe like... Uh, custody payments but i think there's there was also some domestic violence so i don't know what he went to jail for but either way we had this perfect plan in place like i'm not going to be without a warehouse guy because if i don't have a warehouse guy i get to be the warehouse guy i get to work 60 hours a week you know i already i'm already spread so thin i'm already so tired so tired that uh uh i was just like i you know got to come up with a plan so just perfect timing like this guy gets arrested the night the guy he's filling in for goes on vacation and fortunately he got released a little early but there was still a week and a half where i'm the warehouse guy i'm i'm the old i'm loading and unloading trucks i'm building furniture i'm hauling furniture back and forth you know, and I already don't have enough time to do everything. I mean, somehow I, I find the time, but I, I'm, I'm already so just, I'm worn so thin. And now I get to be the warehouse guy. And I wasn't even mad at the guy who got arrested. You know, it wasn't, obviously he behaved irresponsibly in his life, but he was arrested for something that he had done a while back or something he didn't do if it involved like custody payments or whatever, but irresponsible of him. And he, did put me in a bad spot but he's he's worked really hard and he respects me as the boss so i was like you know what i'm gonna give him a second chance when he gets out of jail but so yeah basically had to be the warehouse guy on top of being you know two or three other positions at any given time and uh then the guy gets out of jail and he just came right back to it you know, I told him, I was like, hey, just don't get arrested again. You know, I'm all about giving people a chance. 
blah 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 and so he's gotten right back down to work and he's doing a good job and then right when that's settled like I'm like oh some relief then one of my salespeople just quit so a week ago today I just I wake up I had my phone on silent so I could sleep in and I, I wake up and oh she quit just quit on a whim because that's the thing about this too is to, this merry-go-round to people and nobody gives you notice and they all tell me like oh you're, you're a great boss like even when they quit they tell me like oh you're the best boss I've ever had blah 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 they like me but none of them give you any kind of not even a week's notice they just abruptly oh I quit I'm just like wow you know so it's like two people out of, out of all out of all the turnover we've had I think two people have actually given notice one was the first girl who left and the second was a girl who was moving to another state but every other one and it's been a lot of people nobody gives you any notice so right when things were kind of settling down the sales lady who I depend on because it's like there's one day per week where she was the she was there and I didn't have to be there but if she quit that means I have to be there so that means I have to work six days a week so it's just uh, you know just every single time I think that there's a plan or some stability it just goes away but this isn't me just complaining anyway I finally got sick and it's no doubt in large part just because of how much stress and how overworked I am I mean I've had to do a lot of physical labor the last couple of weeks which I appreciate I like doing physical labor as long as I don't have to do it all day I like doing it but I, I'm just I'm not surprised that I finally ended up getting sick but you know what I I can't call out right now so I was just I went to work sick um, but you, you, know, you kind of have to tell people like t I tell the employees like listen I'm sick you know, don't be as annoying as usual because I'm sick. Can I tell my bosses, like, you know, I'm sick. Like, don't, uh, don't, uh, you know, take a little of the pressure off, maybe for a week. But anyway, um, since I'm talking about work, it's funny to me. How some of the people who work for you, they, they leave and they're like these ghosts who still try to haunt you. I mean, I told that story on here a while back about like the 29-year-old Filipino kid who'd never had a job. Worked really hard for a solid three months. Just one of the employees, he didn't cause issues, he didn't talk, he just worked really hard for three straight months. And then one day out of nowhere, he just snapped and he attacked this 18-year-old kid who worked for us with a metal uh, toilet paper holder, which is comedic as it sounds, like he could have bludgeoned him to death. He could have really hurt him. This is a big metal object. Just because it holds toilet paper doesn't mean it's a joke. And so he attacked him with that, and I had to fire him. And then afterward, he still kept text messaging everybody. And then he, I, I have to do these company Facebook posts just advertising the store and for about a month straight he would react to each one with a, a laughing emoji or like a laughing reaction like how you can 
you know, when they added reactions to the like button where you can, you know, have an angry response, a love, a heart or a laugh. He was he, and he wasn't I looked into it, too, and he wasn't even following the page. He wasn't even following the company Facebook page. And he was doing that reaction like within minutes after I would make these posts. So that means that he all day long, he was going to the company Facebook page manually. It's not something he's subscribed to or following. He was going there manually and reacting to it. And then how, you know, two or three weeks after I fired him, how he sent me all these angry messages one day claiming that I had called his mom and told her what happened. Like maybe, maybe someone told your mom, but you really think me? Can you imagine me firing an employee and then calling his mom as if I would even have that information? And I told him, because this guy's obviously unhinged. He's obviously, he's, he's proven that he's dangerous. He put a giant hole in the wall. He knocked a door off the hinge. He's a tiny little guy, but this altercation where he attacked the kid, he did serious damage to the building, tried to hurt somebody. And then like a psycho, he is stalking the company Facebook page, doing a laugh reaction. And then he, he accused me of calling his mom, which he, cause he loved me. Even when I fired him, like he understood and he didn't know why he did what he did kind of thing. He apologized to me, but I'm like, yeah, you attack somebody, you gotta go. But then I was waiting the whole time though, like after I fired him, I'm like, now I'm just gonna wait for him to turn on me. And sure enough, he did, and he accused me of calling his mom and telling her why he got fired, which I don't know if somebody talked to his mom or what, but it wasn't me. But then eventually he got the hint, like he tried to, met, he's like, how's it going there? How's it going at the store? And it's like, I don't, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Why do you care? Move on. But he was messaging other people at the store, like, are they still talking about me? Like, he wanted people. Interestingly, people moved on from it really quick. Considering there was this serious episode of violence that damaged the building, people stopped talking about it pretty quickly. They just kind of wanted to put it behind him. But he, in his mind, everyone was still talking about him. And it's just this narcissism to it. Like, thinking it was a bigger deal than it even was. And it was a big deal, but it's like thinking that... We don't have other shit to worry about every day. And he still messaged people. He hasn't talked to me in a while, but he still messaged some people even more recently. I just try not to think about him. But, you know, just getting fired from a place and then for months just obsessing about it. But there was this other woman who worked there, 30 years old. She had like nine years recovered from meth. Um, just a, a constant headache for me. Like she could be really helpful at times, but most of the time she was the queen of this. What about this? Like every day when I would open the store, she'd come in. I would dread unlocking the door because I'd go sit at my desk, try to get started for the day. And she'd without fail beeline over and be like, I'm just letting you know this. And it was either like some sort of personal shit going on in her life, like her kids, her husband, this. Or it was more often than not, though, 
something involving her co like the other employees like oh just so you know she said this or just so you know this this it was just i dreaded it she would always radio me with random bullshit when you told her to do something she would always give you some kind of pushback oh we don't have room oh do you you said to stack them three high well why not stack them four high? You know, just every time you asked her to do anything, she'd have a this in response. What about this? And she got involved in some major drama with girls who were like 10 years younger than her. And she quit. And everyone was relieved. You know, because I almost fired her a few times. She had major attendance issues and she was constantly causing what they call drama. I hate to even use that word, but it's the word for it. And she quit, and, you know, life just moved on really quickly. And I said to somebody else, I was like, I bet you money that I'm still going to hear from her. Like, she's going to have some issue with her last paycheck. And sure enough, on my off day, she's complaining about some, oh, it didn't include this. I was like, "I, I, I told you, I bet you. I told someone out loud, I bet you she is going to say she's going to have something about her last paycheck, which I have no control over. I don't do payroll. I make sure people get their hours in. I make sure their hours are correct. But she had some sort of issue with her payroll and uh, with her last paycheck. And then she was like, well, and then like, and then she, she asked me the the day after she quit, she sent me a message. She's like, am I still allowed in the store? And I was like, yeah, of course there's people I'm, I've actually fired who still shop in the store. As long as they don't cause problems, I don't care if they want to buy stuff at the store. But so immediately I'm just like, fuck, I got to get rid of her. You already quit. You already made my life easier. And now it's like, am I allowed in the store? And I was like, yeah. And then so she came into the store like three days in a row after she quit. And uh, the first time I gave her the employee discount just to be nice. But after that, I just, if I saw her, I said hi. But she's come in periodically. And then, you know, about a week or two after she quit, she was like, I actually want to come back and work there. And she's like, but I, I don't want to work there if she's still there. And she's like, maybe you could set up a meeting with the vice president, who is the busiest man in the world. He's, all, he's doing construction. He's building things. He's fixing things. He's, he's managing the business itself. He's an absolute workaholic, and he's busy all day long. Like... I hesitate to message or call him. He's a nice guy, but I hesitate to bug him because I know how it's how much it sucks to be bugged myself with how busy I am, and he's a million times busier. But she's like, maybe you can set up a meeting with him where you, we can discuss this, like of like getting rid of her and bringing me back. And I was like, I'll let you know. You know, he's very busy. I haven't talked to him much. And she's like, okay, blah, 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 you know. And then that was a month ago. She's been gone for a month and a half. And then today, it's my first, my only off day. You know, I have, the only day I've had off is Wednesdays the last three weeks. 
It's my only off day. And she knows my off days. And when she still worked there, she would always message me, oh, she's, she's, saying, she's doing this to me. She wouldn't let me have an off day. Like, she would always have some sort of text message on my off days when she still worked there. Oh, just so you know, like, so-and-so said this about me, and, and, you know, I said this, and I'm just, I'm too old for this. Yeah, you are too old for it. Why are you, why are you involved in this bullshit with every person here then? But so it's my off day and I wake up today and she's like, have you talked to him yet? The last time we communicated was a month ago. And I was just trying to gently let her know like, yeah, he's really busy. I don't know when I'll get a chance to talk to him. If you know how to take hints, you would go, okay, yeah, I'm not, they're not going to bring me back to work there. They're certainly not going to fire this other girl who's not a problem. But you had a problem with her. We're not going to get rid of her and bring you back, the source of all this negativity and bullshit all day. I'm not going to set up a meeting. Like, I would deserve to be fired. Like, if I called my the vice president and I said, like, oh, hey, like, let's set up a meeting with her to uh, bring her back. Like, he would, f- he should fire me for that. Like, it would show such a, a poor sense of judgment. I would have, I would seem like I'd lost my mind, but it's like, she should have just taken the hint that like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I would have easily, if that was me and I was her and I was like, oh, hey, I want to come back, but I need this. And the person was just like, oh, yeah, you know, the, he's very busy and I don't know. I would be able to pick up on the hint. And then a month later, it's been an actual month since that conversation to wake up on my off day. And it's like, have you talked to him yet? And then I was like, barely. And she was like, so I take it to no that I'm about me coming back. And I said, you know, like somebody else, we brought somebody else back and that didn't work out. So I don't think we're going to do that. Just kind of because this is somebody who will raise hell. Like this is someone who knows how to game the system. And she was always like pointing out things the company did that were unethical or quasi-legal so it's like I don't want to piss her off and have her try to like raise further shit but I just wanted to basically say as a matter of policy now like because there was a guy a really great guy a hard worker who quit over some bullshit and I told him like if you ever want to come back you're more than welcome and then he came back and then he two weeks later he quit again once again over some crap like stuff that I had no control over just he was just very sensitive. And so I, I wouldn't do that again. Like, that's the truth. Like, it would have to be a very special circumstance for a, an employee to quit and for me to then bring them back. There's very few people at this point where it would be worth doing that over. Anybody who has any baggage whatsoever, there's no point in bringing them back. But I, I just told her that as a matter of policy. And then she's like, okay, but so you're willing to have that lion, like, stealing like blah 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 still there like the girl she had a problem with that lion stealing manipulative little bitch there she said something like that and it's like you're making a great argument yeah I really want to bring you back now 
And I have to say, too, in the last few weeks, like I had heard she's trying to get a job at the store next door to us. There's a store literally next door. And I'd heard that she was going to or trying to get a job there, which just tells me like she could get a job anywhere. She, she could get a minimum wage job anywhere in town. The fact that she was trying to get one right next door to us, she just wants to stay in the orbit. She wants it's the same reason she's she comes in the store. It's not because we have what she needs. It's because like she wants to stay relevant. And you don't realize how irrelevant you become. Like people far more important than her have left the company. And you know what? Like their name might come up once in a while if people are reminiscing about this long six months that we've had. But really, like, it's on to the next day. Especially in my job, being a manager. Like, someone quits, I don't think, oh, I'm going to dwell on that for the next month. I think, like, I've got to hire somebody new. I've got to work more. Because most of the jobs there, if we lose somebody, I'm going to have to do more. Somebody's going to have to do more, and it's usually me. And I'm going to have to hire somebody and train them to do that job and while like trying to like keep the culture and chemistry intact. But in these people's minds, it's like they, they believe their role in, in your life is much more important than it is. And they, they try to haunt you like these ghosts. Like what she's doing, she's trying to haunt me. She's trying to haunt us. Life moves on very quickly, especially in that sort of environment. Like, there's no time to dwell on this stuff. I have stuff that's bugged me, and I could dwell on that. Like, I have complaints and things, scenarios and situations I've had to deal with that if I wanted, I could have held on to them forever, but I can't. I just have to move on. I have so many things I have to do and care about. I just have to move on to the next thing. But some of these people, it's like they they left a minimum wage job and they think they were so... Imp and nothing wrong with working minimum wage. I appreciate these people. I'd pay them a lot more if I could. But these people, like, they worked a minimum wage job that required really no existing skill set. And I'm not saying that to be mean. It's just the truth. I mean, the reason this is a minimum wage job is chances are you didn't get any secondary education. Not that I think that's all important, but just as far as our system goes, like you didn't pursue like secondary education, like you didn't get trained in some sort of, you know, specific skill or trade. You don't have an impressive resume or body of work. Like you're qualified to work a minimum wage job that requires basically no existing skill set. You stock shelves and you run a cashier, which is hard work in its own right. Like it's hard to do that all the, all day and I respect it. But when you quit a job or you get fired or whatever it is, you don't matter anymore. You you know you you might come up as like the butt of a joke or a random story once in a blue moon, but it's like everyone else just moves on. It's it's you didn't have any kind of essential role in the 
the company or the culture or anything. And the same would be true for me. Like I might be the manager. I might have better qualifications. You know, my work history might be, you know, more impressive or something. But it's like if I quit, like my bosses wouldn't just sit there dwelling on it. They would find somebody else who can manage the store. They, they and they would. There are other people out there who would be willing to be a store manager. They might not be me. They might be better than me. They might be worse than me. Who knows what they would be? But they could find somebody else. And I wouldn't dwell on it myself. Like they wouldn't dwell on it and I wouldn't dwell on it. I might have some thoughts about it. They might have some thoughts about it. But I wouldn't be messaging them like, remember me? Remember me? The most I'd be is like, well, you know, will you be a reference for me in the future? You know, will you, will you be a reference for me? That's about it. I wouldn't go back there. I've never done that. I've never gone back to a job that I no longer worked at. I've stayed in touch with people I worked with, but I've never gone back to the physical place and been like, hey, just paying you a visit. You know, none of there's anything wrong with that. I think there's certainly situations and environments where that's fine, but I've never been that type of person. I never did that with school. Like I remember in high school, kids who had already graduated would sometimes come back to quote unquote visit the teachers. I doubt, it wasn't really about the teachers. They wanted like the underclassmen to see them as a graduated adult. And be like, oh dude, it's it's uh, it's Mike. Oh dude, it's Mike. Mike's here, everybody. Like they wanted to come back and feel like a celebrity, like, oh, I've outgrown this place. I'm on to other things, but I'm coming back to say hi. I'm, I'm coming back to, to say hi to Mrs. Colbreeze. But really, it's about the, the, the students still there. But you could always kind of tell, like, it wasn't that many people that did that. But when somebody came back to visit the high school, you always get this vibe from them. Like, they imagined it, they were going to feel this euphoria. But actually coming back, you could see the the sick sense of disappointment on their face. Where they were like, oh no. And that's one of the reasons why I would never do it. I would just never want to do it. I would never want to go back to a school I left and go like, remember me? And I would never do it at a job either. Like I got roped into it. I think I talked about this on here, but... About a year after I had left, I had worked at this job for like six or seven years in this office. And uh, about a year later, we had these programmers who lived in Argentina. And I worked with these guys every day for at least six years. And but because they lived in Argentina, I'd never met them. And they came out here to visit the, the office. And one of my or old co-workers was like, oh, hey, like, the Argentinian guys are, are staying here. Like, do you want to come? We're all going to go out to this bar tonight. Like, do you want to come meet them? And I was like, you know what? Sure. You know what? Like, it was down the street from my house. And I was just like, you know what? Yeah. 
you know, I, I worked with these people for six years. I'll get to, you know, see a couple people, a couple of my old coworkers. I'll get to meet these Argentinian guys that I worked with remotely for the first time. But I went and it, it was, it was, I'm glad I went like to see everybody and stuff, but I, I just felt out of place and sick because they had brought some new coworkers, like some people who had started since I left. And I was just like, who the fuck are these people? And I was sitting there and I ended up having to talk to this one guy who was just your stereotypical, like, fat, bearded, lib boy with glasses. Had a very, like, meek voice, but is obviously passive aggressive and just, he's an exact type of person. Like, you know, modern, progressive, lib fat beard glasses and i was just like i didn't even work with you and now i have to sit here and listen to you talk about work stories like i shouldn't be here and uh anyway uh it was just like, like, yeah, anyway, it was that sort of feeling, though, where I'm like, I, it wasn't like, oh, hey, guys, remember me? It was just like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't be here. And so people who do that just kind of blow my mind, like people who want to go back to some place that they don't ever have to go back to ever again, even if you leave under good circumstances. Like we have had people come back to visit and it's nice, like people who left in under good circumstances, like the 53-year-old Gulf War veteran Blackman who worked for me for my first um, you know, few months as boss. Just a diehard, loyal soldier of a man. Loved that guy. You know, he left, and then a couple months later, just about a month ago, he came by for a visit. He was wearing a... You know, he's a very heavy, middle-aged black man. He was wearing a straw hat and shorts. He's been fishing. He's going on a trip to Spain. I, it was wonderful to see him. And he's like, you know, I came back here. He's like, I, you know why I came by? He was like, to see you. And I was honored because I'm like, you know what? Because he had a lot of grievances that he kept to himself about the company. Not about me. He loved me. But, you know, he had some issues with the company and stuff. And he's like, I came back to see you. And I was just like, that's awesome. Like, visits are nice. But you know what? Like, he didn't want to see anybody else. Like, he came back and he hung out for about a half hour and we talked. But, like, he didn't go around parading himself around. Like, he just he and I formed a bond and he came and he saw me. And I wanted to parade him around because I love the guy. Like, I wanted to be like, hey, look who's here. But he didn't really want that. He was just, he just kind of wanted to be in and out. He didn't want to, like, go revisit the last six months or whatever. He just kind of went, he wanted to visit me because he liked me. That's nice. Like reconnecting with people, like, you know, paying respect to people who you like. I'm all about that, but I've just never understood the mindset of like going back to an old job and being like, hey, hey, look who's back. It's like you're living in the world of a sitcom character 
and you're imagining like you're walking on set and the like the, the audience is going to cheer like oh it's the Fonz. Oh Richie went off to college but guess who's back it's Richie. But people think that's how it works. And these these people who are problems when they're there want to stay relevant and they want to come back too. They want to make appearances too. They really think they're living in a TV show. And then, like, you know, they don't understand how, how truly annoying they are. That's the thing, too, is, like, dealing with this woman today, after a month of no contact, or being like, well, have you talked to him about me coming back yet? And it's like, no. No, I, I've put you completely out of my mind. And here when I'm sick, doing very long hours for weeks on end, under so much stress, like had to hire somebody a few days ago, had to hire three other people over the last few weeks, filling these holes, just this churn of people. So-and-so going on vacation, the guy filling in for him getting arrested having to serve jail time for the exact amount of time the guy he's filling in for is on vacation. Me having to do 10 times more than I'm already doing. And in your mind, I'm, I'm sitting there being like, oh, I guess I'll call the vice president and talk about it, arranging a meeting so that you can come back. You're out of your fucking mind. And the thing is, I, I want to be nice to people. I want to stay on good terms with people. Even if somebody annoyed me, you know, or bothered me, I always want to stay on good terms with employees. They like me. They respect me. They don't always know how to do that, though. That's what I've learned from this job. This is just a job episode, but that's what I've learned from this job is that, like, no matter how much certain people like and respect you as their boss, they don't actually know how to show you respect. They don't know how to actually behave in a way that someone who likes you should behave because complaining is the which is what I'm doing right now but complaining is by far the number one way to get on my bad side like I had a boss years ago she was this morbidly obese woman who would scream and shoot rubber bands at people she loved me she never shot a rubber band at me she never screamed at me um, I was a supervisor and then she was like the head supervisor. But I, she had one of those like little placards on her desk that said like, no whining, which is tacky. But I also understand it completely. Because if you're in any position, if you're in any kind of management position, most of the headaches you have to deal with are the employees complaining, whining. And so day in and day out in this job, like, and, and what's weird though is I've never had to deal with this before. Like when I was a project manager, it was just like telling programmers what needed to get done and then checking in with them about it and then reviewing what they did. Like if they couldn't work on a given day, you'd just be like, okay, he can't work today, but he'll work twice as long tomorrow. They were never compl they never complained about anything because they they just had a task they had to do and they did it. 
But in this environment, it's it's really interesting because people just always have something, and it's usually the same people. Like we have a lady who works for us who. When I hired her, she was six months sober from meth, and we were desperate to find somebody, and I, I really took a gamble on her, because neck tattoo, um, very rough, like very unrefined. I would hate for her to hear that. Like, she has a great heart, but I mean, this is a person who was on hard drugs her entire life and is now in her 40s. But I was like, you know what? She really wants the job. I really believe in giving someone a chance. I, I see working at this particular place at this particular time, I really kind of want to be like a captain of this ship of misfits. They've got to be misfits who have their shit together and do their part, have a good attitude and do their part. But I really enjoy the idea of being like captain of this ship of misfits. And I was like, you know what? She's a misfit. She's six months sober. That's, you know, I don't At least she's sober. Because we've had other people where they're still on stuff. But, you know, I was like, I'm going to give her a chance. And, you know, overall, she's been good. Like, overall, like, I, I've been very happy with her. Like, she does certain things well. And, you know, she has a good heart. But she's gotten in the habit recently. Like, she just hit nine months sobriety. And she started complaining a lot. Like, at first, she was just really grateful. Like, she hadn't worked in a really long time. She's just been on hard drugs her whole life. She just got sober and moved to a new area. And she, like, really wanted the job. And, uh, and like I said, hadn't worked in a very long time. It's like someone who, on paper, a lot of places would just be like, no way. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to give her a shot. And overall, it's been good. You know, it's worked out. But... Just recently, she started um, this kind of, I don't want to call it like entitlement or taking something for granted, but I've seen this happen a lot with this place where that you get people who are really desperate for a job and really grateful. And then a little, a little time goes by and they forget about that. You know, it's what I've said before about when you lose power. You know, the power goes out and you're like, oh, uh, Oh man, the power's out. I'm sure going to appreciate the lights when they're back on. I'm sure going to appreciate just scrolling the internet when it comes back. Oh man, I'm going to be so grateful when the lights and the internet are back. You know, uh, you, you think that way when the power's out. And I've said this before, like, how long is it before you take it for granted again? Minutes. I think I've talked about this years ago on here, just that, that power outage example, where it's like you think like, oh, when the power goes back on, I'm going to be so appreciative of it for hours, for days. It's minutes. Maybe not even that. It might even just be instantaneous. Like once you realize the power's back on for good... You just immediately, like, next thing you know, you're complaining because YouTube's loading a little bit slow. You're getting mad. Within minutes of the power going back on, you're already mad that you clicked the link and it took, like, an extra second to load. That's how it is with anything. I mean, being sick right now, I've been thinking constantly about, like, how much I'm going to appreciate not being sick. 
Like I, I'm thinking about how stressed out I was a few days ago when I was feeling good, like when I was healthy and how I was just so stressed out, but I felt physically good. And I'm like, that was nice, wasn't it? Now I get to feel stressed out, but I'm sick. Oh man, in two days when I'm not feeling this way anymore, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna love life. But what happens is like you, you have a moment where you realize you're not as sick anymore. You have a moment where you're like, oh, I'm not as sick. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even sick at all anymore. And then you're right back to it. Like you're no longer appreciating your health. You appreciate it for about a second. Same thing for a job and stuff like that too. Like you hire somebody who looks really bad on paper and has had serious issues and they really want the job and they're really grateful to get it. And then at some point if they stop remembering that and they just start complaining. Like this person, I hate to single her out because like I said, she's a good person. But, you know, recently, in the last, like, month or so, just complaining a lot. Like, there was a day, before I was even this tired, like a month ago, there was a day where I was walking by her and she goes, I'm exhausted. And when, when people say things like that to me, I just tune it out. I understand it's all relative. You know, what's exhausting for you, you know, is, is exhausting. Because I can, at this job, like, I can always pull the, like, if I wanted to be an asshole, I could always pull the, oh, you're exhausted? I get here before you. I do more than you. I have more stress on my plate all day. I leave after you. And I'm often here an extra day more than you. You're exhausted? You know, I could be an asshole and, and talk that way to people. But I'm also making more money than you. You know, I have more incentive than you. Um, so it's like, I also have more, more motivation, I guess, but I don't say that. I just tune it out. Like when someone says something to me that annoys me, I just tune it out. I just don't even acknowledge or address it. I just act like I didn't even hear it. But I walk by this woman and she goes, I'm exhausted. And then I just pretended I didn't hear it. And she goes, I'm exhausted. And I was just like, wow. You just want me to acknowledge that or something. And it's funny because there's people who work for me who, if they if we were just like shooting the shit and they were like, oh man, I'm, I'm exhausted today. I'd be like, oh yeah, I bet. I'd be like, yeah. But when it's someone like that who it becomes this pattern of behavior. But a lot of it revolves around each other. You know, it's we're mycelium, we're all connected, we're all sensitive to each other. And a lot of it is just about the other people. Even though it's so easy to just stay in your lane, do your job, interact with people in just a fun way. A lot of people are like, do you see what she, oh, they, she, they're snitches. And as, as a manager, like, I want you to snitch on somebody if they're doing something that's really bad. Like, if it's something that I really need to know about, please tell me. But they're, they're, snitch, they're, they're snitches over the most trivial things. Like, they try to get each other in trouble all the time. 
I think she's still on her break. And often they're wrong. Like I, I've, that's, that's come up a number of times where like someone tries to like get somebody in trouble for taking too long of a break. And sometimes people do take too long of a break, but someone will try to like snitch on somebody and they're actually wrong about it. Like that person came back from their break 10 minutes ago and they're off doing this. But they'll complain about that stuff a lot. They'll be like, oh, her. She did this. And we hired a new kid who's been amazing. Like, he's definitely our best worker right now. I love the guy. I really like him. I love him. I really like him. And when, his first week, though, like, he came to me and he was like, hey, like, I don't want to make a big deal, but, like, these two people like don't work as hard and it's just kind of discouraging that like I get so much done and like other places I've worked you know like I've been terrified that I'm going to get fired if I don't get this much done and like those two girls you know it takes them all day to do something that like I, I could get done in an hour and I was like you're right I was like I'm trying to get make them more productive i was like you know they they have a good attitude but yeah they you know they could get more done and i was like i'll i'll talk to him because i'm thinking like this guy's great and i don't want him to be thinking things are unfair or anything like that and so i did i talked to these girls i was just like you know we have some new people who are getting a lot done they're efficient and they're productive and, you know, I appreciate you guys, but you got to catch up. You know, you've been here much longer. You got to get things done faster. It was probably a conversation that needed to be had, but I felt like I was doing it for him because I'm like, I don't want this guy to be discouraged. Like, I want to, and I told him too, though, I was like, here's the thing though. Like, and my boss told me this. He's like, you're always going to have a few people who are just kind of there treading water. He's like, you're going to have like three people at any given time who are really good. And then you're going to have the other people. And like, you know, most of them are just going to be kind of just kind of be there. And that's, that's just how it ends up working out. And the people who are just kind of there, like they might bring something else to the table. Like they might bring some fun and positivity. They might do something for the environment and the culture there, too. Like people don't understand that, you know, from a manager's point of view, there might be a couple people who aren't the most productive or efficient with their time, but they never complain. They add something to, you know, just the vibe, for lack of a better word. And that counts for something with me. Um, but this guy, like, you know, he was new and like working his ass off. So I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want him to feel like things are unfair or anything like that. But then since then... Me and, and, you know, someone else have started to notice, oh, he, he actually, he does this a lot. He complains a lot about other people, even when he doesn't need to. He's now complained about four people. And so I had somebody talk to him and just be like, hey, you got to stop. They just, they just told him, you got to stop talking shit. He got to stop talking shit. And he was like, oh, no, I'm not talking shit. But like, no, like the first time, first time you did it, I was like, oh, shit, he's got a valid complaint. I've got to do something about this as the manager. 
fourth time about the fourth different person well I'm starting to see a pattern here where you're complaining a lot it's it's boy who cried wolf shit boy who cried wolf shit it is though that's what these people don't realize either like the people who complain all fucking day they don't realize that when you come to me with a different issue every single day I start tuning you out and ignoring it. Whereas that person who never complains about anything, when they reluctantly come to me with something, I go, oh shit, I've got to do something about this. This is a real concern. Oh, that guy, he never comes to me and says wolf shit. So today when he came to me and said wolf shit, that, I, I got to worry about wolf shit. But when it's someone who's doing it every day, I just go, they're just out of their mind. But yeah, complaining is a good way, not even necessarily to get on my bad side, although it is, but just for me to kind of, you know, deprioritize your concerns. What we call deprioritizing your concerns because you can only get away with that so many times. And I sometimes think about it from the perspective of like my bosses, where there's a lot of stuff that I could complain about. There are a lot of things that I could have complained about past, present, and no doubt future, some of which I think are very valid. But I don't think it would get me anywhere to complain about them. And I also know that these guys are getting complaints from other people all day, every day. And I, I need them sometimes to answer questions for me. Like there, there are scenarios that come up where I, I have to ask them, hey, this is going on. What do I do in this situation? What do I do about this? What is our policy on that? And I'd rather save my interactions with them for that. Rather than, oh, hey, this. Oh, hey, hey, boss, this. Because I know they're getting that all day anyway from different people. And there might be a day where I need to tell them about this. There might be a day where there is a very real this that I need to talk to my bosses about. And so the last thing I want is to waste it, my this card. So it's what we call the this card. The last thing I want to do is waste my this card on just trivial crap or things that I can deal with, even if it's not trivial. I mean, there, there are some things that, some issues that I've had since working here that I don't think are trivial at all, but I've kept them to myself or I've done my best to handle them myself because I just don't like to complain anyway. Obviously on this show, I'm doing a lot of it, but when it comes to, you know, registering complaints with my superiors at work, I hate to do that. You know, I'll let them know when I need something. But I will not just complain to them. And I was almost ready to. A couple weeks ago, I was almost ready to be like, guys, I've, I've hit the wall. This. But I didn't. 
and I was like, you know, I was I was able to deal with the circumstances, and I didn't complain. I didn't do any of that. I was almost there. I was almost going to just to kind of get them off my back and be like, hey, there's this. And I kind of had it scripted in my head. Here's what I'm going to say to them if, uh, you know, I need some relief right now. But I didn't. I just kind of dealt with the circumstances. And as a result, I'm like, I didn't waste my this card. Because once you use your this card, it's used. You know, chances are you get more than one. But you still don't want to waste the few that you have. And, you know, I think you have to realize that it's outside of work, too. It's something, you know, you you have with everybody you know. Like every relationship and interaction you have, you know, you only have so many this cards before you become the boy who cried wolf shit. And uh, so you got to be very careful how you use them. And I remember using them with my mom and stuff growing up. You know, it's like when kids have tantrums. I didn't have very many tantrums, but I, I remember, you know, just different times growing up where I made a big deal about things to my mom so that I would get a certain outcome I wanted. And I don't think I did it that much, but you see where some kids do. Some kids manipulate their parents and they, they really pull the this card all the time. And you can see what happens to those kids when the parents let them use it. You know, they think that they can just do that for the rest of their lives. But having a this card is, you know, it's a precious item. And, uh... If you use it too much, like your friends will be on to you. Like I have friends like that and it doesn't change our friendship. I still love them, but I have friends who they'll call me or message me less now than ever, but just throughout knowing people where they'll, they would call me or message me about something and be like, Oh, there's this. Oh, they just got to let you know there's this. And here, here's how I've been victimized. Here's how this is the most important thing in the world, and I've been victimized over it. And even as their friend, I might offer them support, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, you're wasting it. You're wasting this one. This is a waste of a good card. Because uh, this is the 10th time you've done this this year. So it's something you got to be careful with with any of your relationships. I mean, I've had friends do that about their significant others. Like when you have a friend who complains about their significant other to you, it's the same thing where it's just like, oh, like, I guess this is just kind of how you're going to live. Oh, all you do is complain about your girlfriend. I guess this is just how you're going to live. Like, because you're not doing anything about it. You're just keeping yourself in this situation that's obviously irritating for you. Uh, and you, you complain to me about it, but you already used up all your cards with me. 
But uh, seeing in a job, though, it's very easy because it's like, no matter how much I like somebody, if they complain too much to me, they're going to be put in a certain category in my mind. And there's a couple people who work for me who, you know, they have to be babysat sometimes. They, they have to be kept from goofing off or taking advantage of certain things. But one thing they don't do is complain about anything or cause problems. And because of that, I'm less hard on them in other ways than I might otherwise, than I otherwise would be. And I think that's fair. Someone might not be able to see it from my vantage point, but it makes my life a lot easier. And it makes the store, it, it, that, that makes the store in some way too. Like when you have people who just have a good attitude and if they have problems, they keep them to themselves. Like that has a lot of value. Even if they're lacking in other ways, that has value. But I was careful about even pulling the sick card because I didn't call out. Like I haven't missed a day of work. I can't. You know, I've never had a job where I truly can't miss a day of work or else the whole thing shuts down. But this is one. Like I've had, I've had jobs that are important. But if I call out sick, like it doesn't really affect anything. I just have more work when I come back. If somebody does have to like fill in for me a little bit, it's barely. And they're going to be there anyway. But in the store, it's like, if I miss a day of work, it's, it's an ordeal. The store might not be open that day. Things, crucial tasks aren't going to get done. I mean, I can barely take a weekend off. I can barely take a day off. And I'm not saying that to make myself all important. It's just truly like, you know, like I, I just can't do it. And so getting sick this round, like I've been sick enough the last few days where any other job I would have called out. And waking up sick and knowing that I have to go be in a store for 10 hours, I wish I could call out, but I just couldn't. Um, but I did decide to mention it to people. Even though I didn't call out, like I, I did decide to mention it to people, like just let it be known that I'm sick. Even I get sick. And there's something kind of self-serving in that too, because like I want my bosses to know that even though I'm sick, I'm still going to work my third 60-hour week in a row to keep this shit running. And whether they choose to acknowledge it or not, there is something self-serving in that where like, I want you to know that I'm willing to put my health second. You know, obviously it would be different if I was like completely, you know, debilitated. But still, I, I want them to know that, you know, I'm putting my health second and making this my priority right now. And I could choose not to mention that I'm sick, but I am. And uh, 
I want you to, to remember that. It's not, I'm not some martyr. It isn't some noble sacrifice. I just kind of want you to know that uh, even, uh, even feeling this way, I'm still going to do it. And I want the employees to know too, like, hey, like, I get it. You guys get sick. I get sick. But I'm sick right now and I'm still here. If you're truly sick, I don't care. Like, call out. But I want you to see that, like, even I, like, you know, when I'm sick, I'm not going to, you know, falter. Like, I've still got to keep doing this. Like, I want you to see that. And I wish it wasn't that way. You know, I, w I wish that any time we were sick, no matter what we do professionally, that we got the day off. But it's like, I, I do want people to see that I can do it. And beyond that, I just want you to maybe cut me a break. Like one of the reasons to let people, like I said, one of the reasons to let people know you're sick is cut me a break. Don't expect as much from me right now. Don't expect me to be all there. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons we tell people we're sick. We either do it to lie, to get out of something. And it's funny, too, because people, everybody knows, like, we learn the tricks of the trade. Like, I remember, like, 15 years ago working and someone telling me, like, oh, hey, if you ever want to call out sick to work, say you got diarrhea. Say you got diarrhea. You know, they would, they would tell you to say that because they'd be... They're like, oh, your boss won't want to hear about it. And they'll just like want you off the phone as quickly as possible. So I tell them you got diarrhea. But we all know that trick now. Like I've, I've read people, I've read that online. Like I've seen online where it's like, if you ever want to call out sick to work, just tell them you got diarrhea. Diarrhea. Because, like, they won't question it and they, you know, they'll be like, oh, that's too gross for me to want to hear about. Just stay home. But we're, we're all on to that now. Like, I've had multiple employees, like, tell me they're sick and they can't come in. And I've been like, if you're actually sick, okay. You know, I, and I only say, if it's someone's like, if, if someone's never called out sick before and they tell me they're sick, I'm, I'm just like, oh yeah, please stay home. But if it's someone who's done it before, I'm like, well, if you're actually sick, okay, but you know, you got to watch attendance here forward. But I've had multiple people pull the like, oh, well, if I came in, I'd just be running to the bathroom all day. And I'm like, oh, now I know you're lying. Now I know you're lying. Because we all know that trick. We all know the I have diarrhea trick. Because I can tell you, if I actually had diarrhea, and I, I hate to talk about bathroom stuff, but this is important. But if I had actual diarrhea, I wouldn't tell my boss that. I would just say, I'm very ill. But, uh... You know, it there was some sort of like uh, like internet advice that made its rounds of like just tell your boss that. But I'm on to it as a boss now. Like I'm on to that trick. 
And so if you feel the need to volunteer that, I think I automatically think you're lying. I can't force you to come in, but I automatically think you're lying now. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's just, it's interesting to live in an age where, you know, we're on to so many tricks. I was talking to, you know, working in sales now, I was talking to somebody about this. I was like, you know, what's interesting is, you know, it's 2023 and people are so wise to sales techniques. Doesn't mean some of them aren't still effective, but people are wise to like the used car salesman approach. They know all the tricks of the salesman. And so you, you kind of have to adapt. You just have to be more authentic. And uh, I think the internet has made that... I, I don't know. Just everything has been... Every, everything has turned viral. Knowledge has turned so viral. Like common knowledge has turned so viral where it's just... We've absorbed so much more information and we've observed so much more about human behavior. Like, it's not simply what we're experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis, but we've, we've heard so much about so many different people and different scenarios and different things people do that it's, it's hard to do the same things we've been doing. And so when you're trying to sell somebody something... There's a 99% chance in 2023 that like they know what you're trying to do. And when you're trying to like lie yourself out of a situation, when you're trying to come up with an excuse for why you can't come to work, I'm so wise to that. I'll probably still let you stay home without giving you much grief over it, but I, I still know what you're doing. I'm still wise to it. And so that's an interesting part of this job is just the number of things that people say and do where it's like, I, I know this one. And I just, I have an intuitive sense for those things anyway. Either because I've thought that way before or I just recognize it. You know, your intuition counts for a lot. And managing people, you have to rely heavily on intuition. And, uh, it's a, it, you know, it's especially true with any of the this that someone brings to you. Any, any of the this is. Like when someone pulls the this card, you know, your intuition has to kick in and say, like, well, is this valid? Is this an official this card? Or is this just some bullshit photocopy? But you don't even need your intuition when somebody pulls it too much. And I mean, this is politics, this is, you know, culture, this is social. You know, we see it just in, in all of the big conversations of today. You know, you see it with political ideology, you see it with progressives, you see it with conservatives, where every day, all day long, they're going, this... Did you see this? And you're like, oh, this is this is all that you do all day. With progressives, it's do you hear this? Oh, it's another racist. It's it's another uh, 
oh, another transphobe. It's another, th th he did this. And with conservatives, it's like, oh, it's another drag queen story hour. It's another, oh, it's another the disrespect in the American flag. It's a, another this. You know, it's just the same thing all day, every day. Pulling the this card over and over again. I don't do that, one, because I don't want to. It's not that things don't bother me. But it's because, like, there's going to be an issue someday. And I think some of them are already here. But there are going to be certain issues. And if they upset me, like, I want people to know, like, I'm truly upset by this. I'm truly disturbed. Like, I would never raise the alarm every single day. Because I know there's going to be a day where I really need to raise the alarm. I really need to pull the card out. And I'd rather die with an unused this card. I'd rather die with an unused this card than waste it. It's like role-playing games, like old RPGs. In like the old Final Fantasy games, you would get a Mega Elixir. It was an item that would heal your whole party. It would heal all of your health and all of your MP. And you would not waste it. The same thing for the regular elixirs. Because in RPGs, an elixir will it'll restore all of your health and all of your MP. And basically, you save them for really hard bosses. So I would never use them. And especially if you got a mega elixir, I would never waste that. And many times playing those RPGs, I would actually finish the game without using them. Because my thought would always be like, oh, I better keep the mega elixir on hand for the final boss. But with the way all these RPGs are, the final boss isn't even going to be the final boss. When you kill the final boss, like some monstrous, bigger version of the final boss is going to come out and then you have to fight him. You know, if it's like Final Fantasy VI, you're going to have to fight like three final, bo four final bosses. And just when you think you beat the last one, the next one comes. I better save my Mega Elixir until the very end. But then the very end comes and you're like, oh, I didn't even use it. But you know what? I'm glad I saved it. It gave me a sense of security. Same thing for complaining. Same thing for, you know, boy who cried wolf shit. The same thing for your this card. Save it. And if you never had to use it, well, then you're tough. That's an accomplishment unto itself. Like I was saying earlier, like I purposely don't complain to my bosses even when I have valid reason. Because I want to save it for an even rainier day. I'm not saving it for a rainy day. I'm saving it for a rainier day. I've had plenty of rainy days. But in my mind, I'd like to save it for a rainier day. A rainier day. But you know what? If that rainier day comes and I don't use it, all the better. I didn't have to use it. Okay, I'm going to wait to complain. Because when I complain, I want it to be clear that this actually matters. 
But if that day never comes where I have to complain, even better. It means that I weathered it. It means I got through it. That's a bigger accomplishment. Doesn't mean I don't vent privately. Doesn't mean I don't go over this shit in my head sometimes. Spin circles. But, uh... Save it for an even rainier day and don't mistake the next rainy day as the rainiest day. That's kind of my philosophy. You know, save it for a rainier day, but don't mistake the next rainy day for the rainiest day. Hold on to that mega elixir. Hold on to that escape card. Hold on to the cheat code. You know, just, uh, it's better to have it than to use it. That's how I feel about it. And, uh, you know, I, in my job as a manager, like, they barely trained me. I make mistakes. The people under me make mistakes. Sometimes my bosses get on my case, as you'd expect. But I don't think they could have found somebody, you know, like me to do this for this. I think a lot of people would have quit already. I think a lot of people would have left. And so as stressful and exhausting as it is, I think I'm the right person to be doing this right now. And a lot of it just revolves around a sense of responsibility and judgment. Yeah, I have certain skills that other people might not have, which is why I'm the manager and they're not. But a lot of it, you know, the way I see it, because I've thought about it, like, why am I these people's boss? I'm new to this industry. But why am I these people's boss? And what I always come back to is just a sense of responsibility and you know, a, a good sense of judgment. Because I have to make decisions all day long every day that I'm not trained to make. And I don't, I don't always make the right decision, but there is a sense of judgment to it. And you just have to use good judgment most of the time. You do kind of have to have a philosophy. And some managers get that from managerial training. Where it's like, a good manager does this. you got to always do this. I don't get it from that. I think that stuff can be helpful. But I get mine from just intuition and just using good judgment. And I think, you know, having a kind of a philosophy of my own. And part of that philosophy, though, is like, you know, be very careful about what you complain about, at least to certain people. Be very careful about what you raise the alarm over. Be very careful about how you conduct yourself, what you say to people. That's one thing that's very interesting about all this is I'm very, very careful about what I say to people. I know that the most innocent comment I make to an employee could bounce around in their head all day. 
or they could turn around and tell someone else I said it, but it becomes the game of telephone, and that's happened. There was a girl who was kind of goofing off a little too much, and I made a comment to somebody who I trust completely that basically, like, she needs to get it together. She wasn't in trouble. Like, it was just kind of, yeah, she's got to get it together. And then he told somebody else some translation of that. And then that other person told her that she was on thin ice and about to get fired. And then she burst into tears and ran out to her car. And I was like, what just happened? And I asked the person who told her, and I said, what just happened? And he's like, oh, like I heard that she was on thin ice and about to get fired. And I was like, who told you that? And he's like, I don't want to tell you. This 18-year-old kid, he's like, I don't want to tell you. And I was like, nobody's in trouble. Like, where the fuck did that come from? And then I, I traced the chain of custody of what was said to her. And I just went out to her and I was like, that's bullshit. I, I, people are putting words in my mouth. You know, if you were in serious trouble, I would have talked to you long before them. But it was something as simple as me just being like, yeah, she's got to get it together. That somehow turned into like, she's on thin ice, about to get fired. So I got to be really careful what I say to people. Because people don't, do, they can't keep things to themselves. They cannot keep things to themselves. They, they hear something, it goes right back out and they distort it. Even innocently, they might not even mean to. They're just gossiping, they're just talking. But I've had words put in my mouth many times. And it's always eye-opening, because I'm very careful with my words. I'm very careful with what I say to certain people, and both who I say it to and what I say. So the fact that even then people have put words in my mouth or distorted what I've said, I have to be very careful. I have to use very good judgment. And, uh, you know, I mean, and I, I have to keep a cool head. Like, people really haven't seen me get mad. I've had plenty of reason to get mad, but they really haven't seen me get mad. They've seen me get serious. You know, a few times I've had to say to people, hey, stop talking and get this done. And they do it. Because they know that that isn't usually how I talk. It's the same thing for dealing with customers. You know, on the furniture side, at least once a week, there's a customer where there was some sort of issue with their order, their furniture was damaged, their furniture was this, they didn't like this, and they're having a, the people, they have, they're babies. These people are having tantrums all the time over the smallest inconvenience. But I was told this. She, she said that it would be this day. That's a big one. You have people who have been like waiting months to buy furniture. And then if they find out that like they're not going to get it on this day but the next day. They have an absolute meltdown. And they're liars and they're manipulative 
and they don't listen. Most of them are easy, but you get a lot of these people too where it's just, they uh, they put words in your mouth too. Oh, well, when I was here the other day, uh, I had a lady who called us on the phone and was like, asked, to, like, if I, if I buy this, could I get it delivered on this day? And I said, no, you know, that, that day is, all the deliveries are full that day, but, you know, we could do it on this day. And then she came in the next day and was talking to me and the sales girl, and she's like, so I was told that I'd be able to get it on this day. And I was like, oh, no, that day's not available. She was like, I talked to a guy on the phone last night who told me, who promised me that that day was available. And in my head, I'm like, I was that guy. You talked to me and you're lying right now. And I, I know exactly what I said to you, but I didn't say that. I said, oh, well, that's not true. Right? I said, oh, well, that day's not available. So you deal with that a lot, you know, and so cust with customers, there's always a this. You know, you get a phone, I got a phone call a couple of weeks ago where a lady's like, I just looked at my receipt, and, you know, on the merchandise side of the store, and she's like, I just looked at my receipt, and uh, oh, I, got, I got charged twice for this one item, and you know, she had some, she got double charged on something. And she just was going off, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Because my customer service skills are so good. There's a lot of things I have to learn. There's a lot of things I could be better at. This job has proven to me, like, my customer service skills are fucking amazing. Amazing. And uh, the number of angry people who I talk off a ledge every week, it, I'm just like, wow. It just doesn't phase me, though. I just don't... It doesn't enter me. I just stay cool. Patting myself on the back here. But at the end of the conversation, I'm just like, well, you know what? Like, you can come in and uh, we'll refund the extra charge. She was like, okay. Oh, okay. And it's just so funny because, like, we could have resolved, like, instead of spending five minutes on the phone of you screaming, when you told me there was a double charge, I could have just told you right away. If you'd let me talk, I could have just told you right away. You can just come in and we'll refund it. Really easy. We're not trying to rip you off. A lot of stuff like that, though. And the thing is, though, it's like when people are, when customers are upset, one, they just want to be heard. They're babies. They just need to cry. They need to, to have a good cry and get it out of their system. But what helps, too, is that it just, I don't personalize it. It doesn't enter me. It doesn't phase me. I take it seriously. Like I want to get this resolved in a way that's favorable to both me and the this favorable to both the company and the customer. But it just doesn't phase me, and I just stay cool. And with some of these people, like I'll I'll be looking them in the eye, face to face, just nodding my head, listening. Oh, I understand. But when they realize that you're just not a part of whatever it is they're feeling, they often just stop. There's almost this moment of realization. Whether they realize there's a moment of realization, self-realization or not, there is this moment of self-realization that I've seen many, many times so far 
where when someone's really upset like that and they realize that you're not going to enter the playing field, they just kind of stop and they're like, oh, this isn't working. This isn't, this spell isn't working on him. And uh, it's funny with the thieves too. We had an incident the other day um, with, uh, well, what I was going to say about the thief, I'll talk about the incident to close this out, but with the, um, I got to go to bed, but try not to be sick. Um, but uh, with the thieves too, it's like, they'll get really upset when they know they're being followed or when they're asked to leave. Like when I've asked people to leave the store, They'll, they'll make I've had them threaten to fight me I've had them be like meet me outside oh, I can't believe this what are you doing you know and, and I just I keep my cool and I'll just say like just gotta go you just gotta go oh you just gotta go I stay very nice like I've had people be like you're following me you're following me why are you following me and I just go oh, I'm just hanging out I don't admit to it. I just go, oh, I'm just hanging out. And they they don't know what to say. There's some, you know, goblin-esque thief. Obviously the kind of person that we're going to watch. They know what kind of person they are. They know that they're a thief. I know that they're a thief. And they're they're acting like their rights are being violated because we're watching them. And sometimes they'll trip out about it and I just go, oh, I'm just hanging out. Oh, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just here. And they don't know how to react to that. And it's funny because sometimes they'll immediately get less upset. They'll just kind of be like, oh, I don't know how to respond to this guy. Same thing when I've thrown people out. I'll just be like, oh, you just got to go. Uh, now you gotta leave. And they're like, Whoa, you fucking asshole. You were I had a guy who was like, you, you were wearing that shirt three days ago. Last time I was here. Change your shirt. And I was like, okay. It's not the same shirt. Just similar. But, okay. You just gotta go. Just, go, just gotta go. We had a guy the last Saturday where I was really busy doing other things and my lead, we have a code word now where it's like, oh, it's getting to be that time of day. And uh, that means there's a thief or someone worth watching. And I was like, okay, I didn't have time to check in on it. They had it handled. But I was kind of walking near the front of the store doing something else. And I heard one of our guys yell like, hey. And then I see him run out after this guy. And so I just instinctively just was like, I got to go out there. And so I go outside and I see one of our guys like running after this small, very thin hooded freak. It's a 92 degree day and he has a hoodie on with the hood up. And he's like very quickly pushing a shopping cart like he obviously just escaped the store with a shopping cart full of stuff without paying 
and I see one of our guys running after him. And so just instinct kicked in and I just ran and I caught up with the thief first and I just grabbed the cart and I was like, no. And then before I know it, like three of my male employees are with me and we all have our hands on the cart in the parking lot and this little thief and I immediately recognized him because he had tried to come in a few days earlier before we were open. He rode up on a bike and immediately I was like, you know, if it's a normal person and it's five minutes before we open, I'll let him in. I'll be like, oh, come in. By the time they're done shopping, we'll be open. Well, the register will be open. This guy, though, like 9.55, five minutes to the doors open, I saw him ride up on his bike and try to come in, and I was like, if I let, if he's going to be the first customer in the store today, quote-unquote customer, that's a bad omen. Like, I'm not... I'm not going to start today out where he's the first customer. So I told him, we're closed. We're not open. And so he rode off. I, I didn't say it. I wasn't even like that. I was like, oh, we're not open yet. He rode off on his bike. And so like when I, I just ran up and grabbed the shopping cart, spun it around, and I see the thief's face in his hood, in his little hood. And I'm like, oh, it's him. And next thing I know, there's four of us, all with our hands on the cart, and he's pulling on it for dear life. But I did what I do when I kick people out, where I was like, just let go. I said, just let go. Just go ahead and let go now. And he, his teeth were gritted, and he was like pulling, and he, he had a shopping cart filled with power tools. So, you know, there was a two or $300 worth of stuff in there, plus the cart. Which people don't realize this, but shopping carts are insanely expensive. Like $150 to $200 from what I understand. So he's trying to get away with like at least $400 in company property. And I picked my spots. Like if this guy seemed genuinely dangerous, I wouldn't have done this. But um, we had this little game of tug of war where there was like four of us just keeping the cart in place while he just pulled with all his might. And I was just like, just let go. Like, you're not going to get away with it. There's four of us. You're not going to get away with the cart now. I just said, like, just, just let go. And he's like, no. And then he, he said, like, this isn't legal. He said, you're not legally allowed to do this. Which there might be some truth to. I think there is some truth. Where, like, if someone gets out of the store with items... I think there is something where you're like not allowed to take them from them or something. But it's like, what you're doing isn't legal. I'm not letting... And I was like, I don't give a fuck about that right now. I didn't say that. But in my mind, it's like, I don't give a fuck about that right now. You're trying to escape with like hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. And it's in my power to not let you do that. So we, like he kind of like... He tried to hold his ground for a minute... And like a bunch of spectators from other stores had come out and they were watching us. I even saw a guy with his cell phone out, like videoing it. And uh, I just like, I finally like reached over and like grabbed the front of the cart, which gave us even more leverage. And I was like, just let go. Just, just gotta let, all you gotta do is let go. Just let go and leave. And then finally he did. And we're just like, and don't come back. 
And then he had friends who were still in the store, and they were leaving the store, and we were like, yeah, and you don't come back either. And then one of the kids who worked for me said to his friend, like, I knew you were weird from the second you came in. And the guy was like, that's so rude. It's like, yeah, we did. We knew you were weird from the second you came in. And your friend just tried to steal an entire shopping cart of power tools. But we all felt amazing. Like, we got the cart back, and we were we like, high five. We are like, that was fun. That felt, that was, wasn't that amazing? This boost of adrenaline. Like, yeah, it would have sucked if he tried to fight us or hurt us, but... I don't know. And like, we went back in because it was all like, I, don't, I didn't remember any of it. It was one of those like confrontations where just instinct kicked in. And I'm not saying it was some amazing heroic feat. But for this little store where, you know, you deal with these people, it felt good. It was triumph. And uh, afterwards, I was like, what even just happened? Like, I know like, I, once we had the cart, like I remembered that, but I was like, what even just I was like who grabbed the cart first and they were like you did and I was like oh I guess I did and like one of the kids who works for us he was like yeah I was I was out there like following and he's like and someone just ran by me really fast and grabbed the cart and it was you and I was like oh <laughs> well thank you thank you but I just felt like you know cuz the the guy who was originally chasing him he was like I was chasing him but like I didn't know what to do He's like, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was like, well, I, I was just like, there's no way, I, there's no way I'm letting him get away with that. So I just like ran full speed and grabbed the fucking cart. But it felt good. It was, it was just like, there was a little bit of euphoria afterward, but still it felt, the thing is, stay cool. Just keep a cool head. And like I've said to these thieves before when I've kicked them out, I've said, nothing personal, you just gotta go. I was like, oh, it's nothing personal. It's fine, you just gotta go. Because my whole philosophy is like, we just need you out of here. I just can't have you in here. I, I'm not judging you. It's hard not to judge them a little bit, but I'm not judging these people. I'm not condemning their souls. I just don't want you here and I can't have you here. So I'll say to them, just, oh, nothing personal, you just gotta go. You just gotta go. And then a couple days ago, we had another incident where we had these, this group of three teenage boys, and we, we sell these really cheap skateboards. And one of the employees came to me, and he's like, those three teenagers, like, they're doing, like, kickflips on the skateboard. And so, like, I asked them, like, are you gonna buy that? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, if they don't buy it, can I 86 them? And I was like, yeah, sure. I could tell he wanted to. And he's a nice kid. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. Ban them. If they're like messing with the merchandise and not going to buy it, like, yeah, go ahead. And so sure enough, and like it too, it like they were eating out of a bag of chips that I think they took from us without paying for it. So they're, they probably stole something as well, but... When they were about to leave, I like we saw that they weren't gonna take the skateboard with them. They weren't gonna buy the skateboard, and like the kid who works for me went up to them. And he's like, "Oh, so you're not buying the skateboard?" And they were like, "No." And they were doing what teenage boys do. They're like, "Oh, great store you got here. This is a cool store." <laughs> Just it's a my friends and I used to do shit like that too. And he's like, "Oh, so you're not gonna buy the skateboard?" And they were like, "No." And he's like, "Okay, then 
you're, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. And they're like, that's what we're doing anyway. And he's like, I'm and don't come back. And they were like, oh, well, fuck this store anyway. They started yelling. They were like, this store sucks anyway. Oh, this, this store sucks. And so at that point, I just walked over. And I didn't even say a word to them. I just kind of walked behind them to make sure they left. But the kid who works for me got sucked into it. Where he started mouthing off to them. And he was like, well, you guys suck at skating anyway. And they were like, well, fuck you. And then he, he was like, fuck you. And then the kid who works for me and the three teenagers, like, were giving each other the middle finger and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is a mistake. Just get them out. Like, don't, don't let it get personal. You don't, don't get sucked in. You know, don't lose your cool. Like, just quietly escort them out. Don't get sucked into a back and forth. And then afterwards, the kid said to me, he's like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I didn't even have to say anything to him, because he was just like, I shouldn't have done that. Like, he's like, I shouldn't have been, like, mouthing off back to them. I shouldn't have given them the middle finger. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, you shouldn't have, but those kids really bugged you. I was like, because this, this kid's very kind. And I was like, those kids really got under your skin, though. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what's up with that. I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, I could tell those kids, you really didn't like those kids. <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, but you're right. Like, you, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't play their game. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have given them the finger back. Like, you know, you're a you know, you're part of management in a store like we don't want to do that. And you don't want to do it. Like, I didn't say this, but it's like and you don't want to do that either. Like, you personally don't want to be affected by it. You have a job to do, but you don't need to feel anything about it. You don't need to, you know, you can say fuck those kids all you want, but you don't need to feel anything. Just get them out and get them going. That's all you got to do. But I enjoy those little incidents. Like, they add some flavor to the day. And they're a good test of yourself. Like, you get to see, like, how, do, how am I going to react in this situation? Am I going to keep my cool? Am I just going to take care of the problem? You know, that's, that's all you need to do is just solve the problem and keep your cool when you do it. But anyway, that, that incident the other day, though, with the shopping cart, it made all of our day. Because we've had people, like, months ago when we first opened, we had a couple people get out with shopping carts full of merchandise, and it sucked. So the fact that this, for the first time, we snagged the cart back. And four of us did it together. It was like, you get to see who's up to the challenge. Like, you get to see who, who steps up to the plate. I always enjoy that. Like, it's something I really enjoy about this job, like, being the boss of kids and all sorts of people, this random crew of misfits, a lot of them young. You get to see, like, who's up to the challenge. Like, when a guy escapes with a shopping cart full of merchandise and the boss runs out after him and grabs it, turning around and seeing, like, the three people who were behind me, really fun and satisfying. Like, oh, these three guys. These three guys are loyal soldiers. These are, these are the loyal dogs, you know. <laughs> these are the guys who, like, 
they saw they saw an opportunity to step up to the plate and uh, fight off a goblin, and they they helped me out. You know, I love that. But anyway, I don't know. Got a long got Labor Day weekend, which working in this industry, it's like oh, it's a sale. We're doing a sale. You have to constantly play to these holidays and try to find the right sale to get the customers in. So I'm going to have a long weekend ahead of me. I, I'm, I hope I'm fully recovered. I'm going to try to be fully recovered. I'm going to try not to complain. I'm going to save my card if I can. Just try to keep a cool head. Because, uh, you know, you can always depend on a cool head. Children can run free. 